You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Metal and High Heels podcast. I'm your host, Kiki, and I'm here with Pia. Hello. And we are bringing you another band special today. This will be um, a very cool episode because we are talking about the Dutch... What's the genre definition? I would say that they are between somewhere between metalcore and melodic death metal. All we, right. We're going to um, talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're talking about The Charm, The Fury, a very young band. Um, yeah, they are still very young. They <laughs> they were. <laughs> they didn't, um, yeah, uh, they didn't make it too long as a band, but they did indeed produce and release uh, very cool music in that, um, in those, I think I saw six years they were together yeah but actually eight years but they released their first ep in 2012 and um, they split up in 2018 yes and before we keep talking about things we are going to talk about anyway <laughs> <laughs> um let me just uh thank you everyone for tuning back into our show and uh listening to us talk about so many different bands and so many different kinds of music on this on this podcast last week no two weeks ago <laughs> on the last episode you heard uh, Pia and Steffi talk about Irene and it was a very interesting episode that I obviously listened to myself and um, if you didn't well go to metal-n-highheels-podcast and there you will find all of our episodes, including also the mini-sodes where we talk about uh, new music, new releases, and a bit of the news in the metal scene. But now let us dive deep into the history of The Charm, The Fury. Yes. Um, first of all, I think it's the first time that we talk about a death metal band or a band with harsher vocals. <laughs> What? Oh, in the band specials. In the band specials, yes. Okay, yeah, that that, that may be true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think we already mentioned a lot about the basics about the band. It's a band from the Netherlands. They were found in 2010. And um, on November 20th, 2018, they said that they are going to split up. We're going to talk about the split later um, because they had very interesting reasons, therefore. Um, in this eight years of existence, they released one EP and two albums. All three releases are really cool, I think. And you can read everywhere, also on the Wikipedia article, that um, a very strong recognition of the band comes from the singer, from Caroline Westendorp, who really has an interesting voice. Mm -hmm. So she can do all kinds of screams, scrolls, shouts, everything. And she also has a very beautiful singing voice, a very beautiful clean voice, yeah. which she uses in every song, I think. But there are special songs where she uses a, a softer color of her voice. 
But let's keep this traditional and um, talk about the releases step by step. So first of all, in 2012, the band released the EP The Social Meltdown. The band was found through a platform for more or less professional musicians. So if you are a musician in the Netherlands and want to be part of a band, you can go there and search for other band members. And that's how the band came together. So it's not like we know from a lot of other bands that there were some friends who were able to play music a bit. Here it's different. The band was already very good in playing their instruments and doing music, and they wanted to found a band together. Um, and so they released the first output, The Social Meltdown, which already was really good. And given the fact that they were professional musicians or kind of <laughs> semi-professional musicians already, um, that's not a surprise that this EP was really cool. It has mm -hmm. five songs and one of the songs also made it to their, to their debut album that was Virtue of Leadership. But already the first song, The Social Meltdown, the self... the... the, the Self-titled song? <laughs> no, <laughs> how do you say that? Um, the song that <laughs> the song that gave this EP the title is also also the opener, and it's a really cool one. I would describe the style of this EP as metalcore, and it's a very brutal version of metalcore. I was going to say I would have said uh, because you mentioned before already that is. Um, also, or that you consider their music also death metal. I would have said that release was more, more death metal. It was very, very, very heavy and dark. And <laughs> yeah, brutal is a, is a very nice description. Let me help you with this. There is a genre called deathcore. Duh, of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> And they also said that one of their inspirations is the band Every Time I Die, and they are also a deathcore band. Before uh, before we go on, yes, last night I was playing um, some trivia game, and the one of the trivia questions was uh, subgenres of death metal, and it was there was or death metal or or heavy metal. I'm not sure. No, it must have been. Subgenres of death metal, and one of them was indeed, I think, deathcore, and another one was disease core. And I was like, "Damn, I know that it's not true, but it would be so cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in an era of pandemics, come on, people, somebody invent disease core. <laughs> there must be a band out there, or at least they could go on this website. Maybe I can find it where the Jam the Fury met find other band members and then make disease core please yes <laughs> we will support you through steady or patreon or whatever <laughs> yeah totally when we when you just said also um how they um how the charm the fury found each other i was thinking there must be such a such a history because there are so many metal academies or institutes um in the netherlands so you can formally study heavy metal as a musician and that 
makes so much sense and should be um, a thing everywhere in the world, in my opinion. But uh, that is, I think, how many, many Dutch musicians come together. Um, and many of the musicians from the scene that we know also teach in those academies. For example, Marcela Bobbio and uh, some of the Epica uh, members, I think. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting and I really like that fact. That, yeah. um the Tram of the Fury in this case, for example, as well. They also really polished their skills and then um yeah, and and then we're well prepared to start a project like this. Mm. It's also cool that they met because the Tram of the Fury also is a band that is political. You can see that or you can get an idea about that when you read some of the song titles, for example, The Social Meltdown or also Virtue of Leadership. Um, I also talked about this to, um, I also talked about this when I had an interview with Caroline Westendorp. Um, and she also said that if things continue like they do today everything will go to shit not really i think the world is kind of fucked if we go continue like this mm -hmm. it's funny because we wrote this album before trump even got elected mm. so now trump got elected and you have all these wars going on and with russia and syria and now with like these gas attacks and stuff so the world is really going to shit so if we don't change anything yeah all is lost we think mm -hmm. so i'd say they are um, on the left wing, can you say it like this? Yeah. <laughs> They're politically left. <laughs> um, yeah, and they they also transport this idea in their songs, but I th I th I'd say they do this in a very, not in a dominant way. So if you want to read the, uh, want to, um, think about this or think about these aspects in the lyrics, you can do this, but you can also enjoy the band and the songs when you don't want to think about politics at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the charm in the charm, the fury. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so people can choose if you are a political person and you have the same opinion, then you can get a, And, and even better access to the music, I think. But if you only like the music, you can still listen to them. For sure. That's an, another very good point. Do we know anything about the origin of the name? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> the band was asked about the name several times and they said they, when they had a, when they practiced, They somehow came with this name, maybe also because of superheroes. I'm not really sure about this. But um, originally, they wanted to be named the Charm and the Fury. But mm -hmm. the ex-boyfriend of Carolina said, make it hipster style and <laughs> cross the end out. And then the band was named the Charm and the Fury. But it doesn't have a meaning um, when you look at the people in the band. But in an interview that the drummer, Matthijs, and the singer, Caroline, had together, Matthijs says that it would also fit that Caroline is the charm, the fury, because she is both <laughs> charming and furious. <laughs> nice. And I, I would subscribe that. <laughs> When you see her on stage, you, you'll know what I mean. 
Yeah, totally. Confirmed. Yes. Yep. And um, so we go back to the um, EP. And also, we've we've talked a lot about EPs on this podcast. And we <laughs> tend to say that EPs are a thing you shouldn't do as a band. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I agree with you that when you start a band and you, it's a cool thing to say hello to the world. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And... Um, If you already have some songs, but they're not enough to fill out an album and you still want to put out a very well-produced release, uh, then yes, make it an EP. That's, yeah, that's my, my, my statement on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's, I got to know the Charm of the Fury when they already had released their first album. And so they didn't play many songs from the EP live then I think they focused on the album a lot so um, I listened to this EP after <laughs> I got to know the band better so I didn't pay so much attention but sometimes I put it on because the songs are a bit more rough than on the two albums that came after mm -hmm. um, and especially on the song Bridges Carolina sings in a way that she didn't do after that so when you listen to professional vocalists then I'd say they have a, a normal singing voice they have the professional singing voice some of them have this growling voice or the operatic singing voice and what you can hear in Bridges is what I would or, or what I think is Carolina's normal singing voice when she doesn't use all this professional <laughs> skills that she uh, that she learned during the process mm -hmm. and i think that also her normal voice has a very beautiful color so i when i listened to bridges for the first time i was like wow <laughs> she can do that too <laughs> why didn't she do it later on mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't really say more to the social meltdown. I could say that I would have problems naming my favorite song. I really, okay. like, I really like Dirty South, but I, given the fact that Bridges is special considering the vocals, I would say that Bridges is my favorite song on this EP. Nice. Do you have a favorite song on the EP? I must say, um, I just listened to this EP once in preparation for this episode. <laughs> um, so I, I would have to, to, to sit down and really uh, listen to it. But um, I, what stuck in my mind uh, for sure is, is that, that strength and darkness uh, in the sound. Um, so, no, I don't have a favorite for this one. But what you describe about Bridges uh, makes it makes me curious. I went to listen to that with more attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I reached my goal. So let's go on <laughs> to Shade of My Former Self. Um, that one was released one year later. It was released on September 16th, 2013. Um, and... I would say that Shade of My Former Self is a metalcore album. So it doesn't have this 
roughness anymore that you would consider death metal-ish. Um, it has a lot of breakdowns. It has this typical um, clean vocals, rough vocals. It has a lot of melodies in it. And it also has this political statements, um, for example, in Carte Blanche or also Colorblind. Yeah, it has 12 tracks, 40 minutes. It has a really, really cool opener. The unveiling is um, just an instrumental opener. And they already did on this album what they also did on the Sick, Dump and Happy. They put a filler in, so a song that is basically an instrumental and um, maybe also an interlude for the next song. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, song number seven in the wake of pride so that you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you can rest a bit, <laughs> at least for one minute and some seconds. Yeah. Kind and of an interlude. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about a shade of my former self? I first wanted to hear, um, you said you, you started listening to the band um, after after they had released or around the time they released this album? After they released this album. So I think they played Female Metal Event 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to some of their songs before that and then I saw them on stage and I was like, wow, <laughs> I need to hear more of them. And that's when I listened to the first album. So late 2016. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember it being I remember the um the bands coming into our attention kind of before uh the sick dumb and happy. Um yes, when you just said that uh a shade of my former self that the album has a duration of around 40 minutes, um of course it makes a lot of sense. There are very short um songs. Two of them, uh, the instrumentals, two-minute instrumentals, and otherwise none of the songs reaches four and a half minutes. These three-minute and something durations remind me a lot of um, radio, songs for radio. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, I just found it peculiar. It's not often that... Um, metal band has an album full of those short songs there's i don't know there's normally uh at least one longer song <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for for the genre metalcore it's typical that you don't have super long songs all right that's true um metalcore is not my specialty as we know <laughs> but mine <laughs> yes but yes um now that you mentioned this it becomes already clear that the Chum de Fury formed this band to be successful. So um, also with these shorter songs that could be easily played on the radio, you mm -hmm. see that they gave the world out there every possibility to to support them, to play them. Yeah. They also made some really professional music videos. Um And they toured a lot. So they always give a lot of interviews. They toured a lot. And they also did a lot of stuff on YouTube themselves. So there are tour diaries um, or video blogs from the tour. And um, Carolina also did 
singing classes, so to speak. So there is, or there are, I think, two videos where she um, teaches how to scream, two different mm -hmm. ways how to scream. And they invested a lot in this band to make it successful. That you can already see that with this A Shade of My Former Self album. That they had a, a goal. Yes. Yeah, a goal and a strategy. And I think that also goes back again to the education. Yeah. Um, modern, modern music, uh, when it's taught in colleges and universities, usually is accompanied uh, by um, music industry knowledge as well. And marketing and everything that that uh, that involves a successful career in the music industry, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, they were also always very present. I remember very present on social media, and yeah, the videos that you just mentioned. They um, were always putting something out, content as we know it nowadays. Mm. Uh, now, I didn't uh, know the band yet back then either um, so I will have to go with the most popular song on this album for a favorite which would be uh, Carte Blanche mm -hmm. um, which one song. is your favorite? Carte Blanche is the song they always play at the end of the concerts or they used to play at the end of the concerts they're hit huh? yeah, because you can <laughs> easily <laughs> sing along with it yes um, I like a lot of songs, so it depends on my mood. I think that Testament is a really, really great song, but I also like Colorblind because of the topic. Colorblind is a song about supporting gay rights. And nice. that's you can also see that in the music video. Um, and in an interview, I think the bassist says that It is one of the most important songs for him because of this statements the band has here. And I think it's very brave when you want to be a successful band, when you aim for this, to go with such strong political statements. Because I remember that Maya Shining from Forever Still said when they posted something that they that they support gay marriage, they lost mm -hmm. a lot of followers on Facebook. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I think it's brave, but it's also really cool that they put a strong statement like this on yes. their debut album. And it underlines their political, um, that it's a political band. Yeah. At the moment, my favorite song is Heartless, Breathless. It's again a more brutal song, You can do really beautiful wall of deaths with this one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's straightforward. It's a really, really cool song, but it's there is no music video and nothing this way. So um, it's not a very popular song by the band, but you should listen to it. It's really cool. But still, um, the whole album is really cool from the beginning to the end. Also, the last song, Deliverance, is really cool. And some bands, they have, I don't know, five cool songs. They put them in the beginning, and the rest feels like filler songs. And that's not the case on A Shade of My Former Self. Every song is a strong song. And every song, when I read the title, something 
um, the the tune plays in my brain and I don't have this with a lot of bands so <laughs> nice album um, side fact the album is produced by the drummer by Matthias Tiken nice cool yeah The artwork is also pretty cool. I like it when um, things are kept kind of simple. Mm -hmm. And this looks like, um, well, like a mural, because it seems like it would, or, or from kind of afar, it looks like it would be on a, on a wall. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, obviously a good painting of a face or the lower part of a face from the nose down to the collarbone. Mm. And the title um, of the album and the name of the band are in big white and yellowish letters. Um, it's just pretty super modern and simple, and I like it. And it also fits the title. So sometimes the artwork doesn't really have to do anything with the title, but in mm -hmm. this case, you can read it like. What you see there painted on the wall or in a mirror or something is this shade of the former self of the person who tells the story right now. Mm -hmm. So something, when you look back, that's what you see. Or when you look nice. inside yourself, this is <laughs> <laughs> something of your past that is not a part of you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a nice title as well. Yes. And it's, the songs are also positive, but also realistic. So what I like, especially about Metalcore, is that a lot of songs cheer you up. So they are not just a story or something. They also can help you in everyday life when you, have a, when you are in a bad mood or you're in a depressive phase or something like that. Then these songs, lyric-wise and also with the melodies, They can help. Yeah. For example, the title track. <laughs> <laughs> But nice. also The Enemy is a really cool song. I think that was my first favorite on this album. Um, it's a song about a breaking relationship, I would say, because um, the lyrics address a person that might be very close to the to the lyricist <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and they say um, take your time and let me know when you're not wasting mine so I think it's a it's a conversation that you could have when you're about to break up with someone yeah true good observation yeah and then um We were just talking about the whole thing of having a strategy and a goal, right? And since well, since this was their debut album, where they why did it take why did it take four years until the next album uh, came out? Do we know something about that? Um, I don't think that they were touring a lot. Uh, that it take that it took this long. Well, yeah, they did. So they played, or actually it's three and a half years. So A Shade mm -hmm. of My Former Self was in the end of 2013 and The Sick, Dumb and Happy was released in March 2013. 
but still it's a long mm -hmm. 17 yes <laughs> thank you uh, in march 2017 um it's still is a long time but the band played a lot of festivals and they toured at least in europe i don't know if they already toured internationally um yeah but maybe they were still um educating somehow but to be honest i don't know i can only um make suggestions were they already signed uh by a label did the a shade of my former self come out from yes. a label already yep wow. through listenable records nice that's an independent label and um, the sick dumb and happy was released through nuclear blast or maybe through a rising wait something with arise <laughs> uh, i think it was released through arise records or maybe nuclear blast but arise records would be a sub label from nuclear blast oh wow so it was released via Nuclear Blast. Nice. And they started the whole merchandise machine and the whole marketing machine for them. Cool. That is, uh, yeah, a cool accomplishment for the first uh, record. But well, we were already, we already said where all that came from. Um, from their formal musical education and everything. Mm. And so this is when we are starting to get to know them around 2016. You were saying we saw them live at Metal Female Voices Fest? Yeah, at least I saw them. I don't know if we watched or if we went there together, but I saw them. That was impressive. They were They played on the smaller stage. Mm -hmm. and um, there were a lot of people in the room they played quite late um, and they they had circle pits mosh pits and everything and if you have ever been to female metal events you know that that's not typical for the festival yeah that is true. <laughs> they are really really powerful on stage I think um, Carolina can destroy the whole stage by herself but the other musicians also make a really really cool show and you can see that they have a lot of fun when they are on stage yes and so uh the sick dumb and happy came yes the sick dumb and happy was released on march 2017 mm -hmm. um and the artwork is really cool but it differs a lot from the former artwork it's yes. really really colorful so it has a yellow background and then you have this skull. Purple in, skull, yeah. Yeah, the purple skull. <laughs> and we had this cool um with this cool episode about band merch. And I wanted to buy a yellow shirt with a purple skull on it. And it was only available in black and then the yellow background also. But it would have been so cool to have a yellow shirt. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you see a completely yellow shirt at a metal festival or concert? Yeah. Never. Why didn't they do this? Happened. Yeah, they. It, that's such a, a, miss, uh, a missed opportunity. All three of the artworks are very different in their own style, but uh, 
I just said that the previous um, the the cover art for the previous album album is pretty uh, straightforward and simple, and the artwork for the sick, dumb, and happy is anything but simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I still like it though because there is it's just this super cool color combination with the uh, bright yellow background, the pastel purple skull, and the really bright pink uh, blood spatter um, and also the writing in this kind of it's a mixture between comic and graffiti I don't know mm. for the for the name of the band and of the album um, it's really cool and it would have been really great to have merch in that kind of yellow with the rest of the colors just to, it would have been just so super outstanding and different from the rest of metal in general mm -hmm. so that was a missed opportunity for sure yes <laughs> um the sick up and happy for me is a death metal album so they changed their style um, they became more metalish, and that's also what Steffi said because Steffi likes this album a lot, but she didn't like the Shade of My Former Self album. Mm -hmm. And I remember that when we had the interview with Matthias Tiken at the Tuska Festival, I also asked him how the next album will be. <laughs> mm -mm. Um, are you already working on new material? We are, <laughs> we have him from so while, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next step. Uh, I think we took like a couple of months off just to, you know, play all the festival shows. And, you know, a couple of months back, we were like, all right, we need to do things again. So we started writing. It's going really well. <laughs> and he agreed on that the first album was more metalcore and the second was more death metal. I think I think as as a it's boring to do the exact same thing over and over again. So we try to we try to switch it up and, you know, be creative that way. So. We're not going to do the exact same thing, but we're trying to, you know, develop our own sound. And when we started out, it was just like, it's usually when bands start out, you have like a certain, you know, a couple of bands that you love. And I want to sound just like them. And then later on, you learn that, no, you don't want to sound just like them. You want to have your own little thing. So you, we start growing that with the Sick, Dumb and Happy. We really tried to build our own thing. And hopefully with the new stuff, it's going to be, oh, it's them. We know it right away. <laughs> So I think you can really say that this is a break in style. Oh, wow. So it was a one-time thing. I thought that that was like the, I would have said that was the direction in which they were evolving, evolving. Yeah, also. So wow, it, it, really, it really surprises me that this would have been the death metal album. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. It would have been so interesting to see how they developed or how they would have developed their style if they would have continued. Yeah, because spoiler alert, this was their last album. That was so sad. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, I'm thinking about uh, your relationship to the band, Pia. Uh, you saw them at Female Metal Event. Correction, if I said something, <laughs> if I said it wrong before. It was Female Metal Event in the Netherlands in 2016 where we saw them for the first time before they released um, The Sick, Dumb and Happy. And, and then, uh, yeah, you were apparently so impressed with this band that you brought them to our attention um, by Metal and High Heels. And 
and you wrote about the first single of The Sick, Dumb and Happy in January of 2017. Mm -hmm. And then you also re reviewed the whole album in February of 2017. So before the release and all of these articles are going to be linked on the show notes for this episode, which you can find on metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast 77. And yeah, uh, right after the release in April of 2017, you talked to Caroline um, in Hamburg after one of their gigs. Yeah, before one of the gigs. That's Not true. Before. They toured there and I visited Nadia in Hamburg and we went to the concert together and had this interview with her. Yeah, that was really cool. Yes, and then you also wrote about the concert and all of this was around coming back, to come back to, to the album, to the Sick, Dumb and Happy, um, which is, as we were saying, a very different Uh, development or a very different style in comparison to what they were doing before. Mm. But again, um, it's a very strong album with a lot of hits. So Down on the Ropes, the opener was the first single that they released and they also released a really nice video for that. In this video, Carolina lives together with a strange man in a camper van <laughs> and she wants to break free from this life and goes to a box club and okay. um, punches someone <laughs> in this box club um, and after they released this she also did a makeup video how to get this um, get this trailer park style um, oh yeah. <laughs> we also talked about this in the interview I had with her and she said that uh, many people commented under this video that it's not really metal to do a makeup video. <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. Excuse we were me. Both, yeah, we were both like don't care. <laughs> It was very cool though. And what's that supposed to mean? Do you think People look like that when they wake up and they go straight to the stage. And it's not only women who get uh, makeup on before going on stage in, in metal or, or in the metal scene or, or, or to metal festivals or metal gigs. What, 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 what kind of comment is that? Yeah, and it's a totally humorous video because she uses really strong colors and everything. So it's not an everyday makeup. She says... Um, Yeah, when you got beaten or something, you have to cover it and you might look like this then. So she put a lot of humor in this video and it was totally clear that that's not a makeup tutorial video, but still people commented. And even if it would have been a real makeup tutorial video, it would mm -hmm. still be metal and it would still be cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> YouTube comments are the troll world in itself. We know that. so. <laughs> yeah. But they're also cool comments. I, I Sometimes I really like reading YouTube comments, but that's a different story. Um, the Chant of Fury again released a lot of videos. For example, also for the second single Echoes, a really, really great song that is mm -hmm. also really cool live because of the chorus and people can sing along with it. 
Yes. There was a lyric video for Weaponized. Weaponized is a song about dating or how people date nowadays with, for example, Tinder. Mm -hmm. um, and the lyrics, or in the lyrics it says that it's not about dating someone to get to know this person, but it's dating to have someone who fulfills the sexual um, needs. Yes, the sexual needs of the people. The single that they also released a video for, the next one was Blood and Sold. And Blood and Sold is a very slow song compared to the rest of the album. And um, it's very doomy also with a lot of clean vocals, but also really cool screams. And... Um, in the description of the video, the band says that it's a song for all the people who struggle with something right now so that they can keep their head above the water and that they are not alone with this. And yeah, that's what also the song is about. And um, then the last and also really, really cool video that they released that was released almost a year after the album was released was for Songs of Obscenity. And it's um, they put together some live footage, but also some behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the song is really great. It's a it's also a really cool song when it's played live, and you can see all the energy of the band in this video and also in this song. And it's again a political statement. Nice. I like that. I like bands that make political statements. Yeah. <laughs> and for the that. first time, the band had one song with clean vocals only, and that is Silent War. Silent War is a ballad oh. about a soldier who came back from war and still has this war in his head. Damn. Mm -hmm. The Hell and Me, again, is a song about dating, about texting and not texting back and stuff like that. So, <laughs> uh, given the fact that Weaponized also is a song about this, The Sick, Dumb and Happy is a mixture about political statements and dating. <laughs> dating stuff. <laughs> Which reveals um, how we, or, or fits, it actually fits to how uh, young the band is, right? <laughs> yeah, and it also is, is a good um, conclusion of what people nowadays deal with so you have all the stuff going on in the whole world all this mm -hmm. sick stuff that you have to deal with somehow some things affect you directly like nowadays the coronavirus but on the other hand you see in the media all these wars going on in different countries that don't affect you personally but still you know they are there and when you when you read something about that or when you dive deeper into this topic, then it also affects you on a psychological way. Yeah. And on the other hand, you have this happy life here, over here in the middle of Europe, with not struggling to survive. So mm -hmm. even if you have not a lot of money and anything, at least in Germany, the social system will somehow hold you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you won't starve when you live here. Or it's very, very difficult to starve when you live here. And um, 
yeah, we are quite privileged. And so we have this, on the other hand, this world of dating or party also that also plays a big role in our lives. And so this is a very cool mixture of all this stuff put in one album. Yeah, I was going to say you went, you went full on philosophical. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, kind of the same, but in a bit of more um, trivial way, maybe. <laughs> um, but well, these are the, the, the topics that are in our heads as late 20 somethings, early 30 somethings, you know, that's sometimes not only politics, but also the more fun stuff about uh, connecting with other people. Mm. As a, as a, as a dating and flirting, or, um, you know, more in a, in a friendship kind of way of meeting new people. That is what adulting 101 is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, uh, yeah, like in your early 20s, we're all still also um, kind of, ah, that's this young adult thing, right? The responsibilities are responsibilities are not super are not that big mm -hmm. but then later yeah you you should at least be considering what's happening around the world um a little bit more going to vote and everything um so yes those are the <laughs> the light and the not so light things that uh we pay attention to um because yeah. I, i i would say that the charm the fury is around our age A bit younger, yes. Okay, well. Around, young, so. around uh, Steffi's age, I would say. What? Okay, so late 20s. And this was five years ago, so mid-20s. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, 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 that confirms what I'm thinking about, um, yeah, starting, starting to think about the world in this more uh, deep, with this deeper perspe perspective. Mm. But it's also reflected that because in the lyrics they also say people in this dating world especially hurt each other in a conscious way so you you don't text your date back because you want to see what happens or you want to make yourself more interesting but you know Or just avoid the confrontation, yeah. Yeah, but you really know that it hurts the other person or that it does something to the other person that is not positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. And in the middle of all these songs, you have The Future Needs Us Not, <laughs> which is a re really strong and really true statement. So no matter what we do, we can destroy each other. People can destroy each other. If mankind doesn't survive, the future is not interested because the future will go on. Wow. That's a bit dark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that this episode might become this philosophical. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> But you we were see, like we were you, like, okay, this is a very short, quick show. <laughs> Bam. The Chime the Fury has made us think a lot once again. Mm. But that's what I said before. You can just enjoy the music, listen to it, maybe also party to it. But if you Uh, pay attention to the topics or what the songs are about and also the lyrics, then you can also enjoy it in a different way, in a, yeah, in a more philosophical way. Apparently so, yes. Uh, well, we're not the band that will be hitting the stage and preaching about 
what to think and what to do, but we would like to vouch our opinion in our songs. And I think I think music is a great way of reaching people and voicing your opinion. So yeah, it's more. It has more. Um, more kind of like a message to it, but we wa don't want to spread it out loud. It's kind of like interpretable for everyone. You can think of it the way you want, you can take it the way you want. So, yeah. This is more or less around the time I uh, started listening to the band. Uh, not that I'm, not that I do that a lot, <laughs> but um, that's when I, when I, when I got to know about, or when I learned about the existence of the Charm of the Fury. And in 2018, when we were at Tuska, mm -hmm. we saw them live. But first, we had an interview with them. Um, as I said, metal n high heels slash podcast 77com slash podcast 77. <laughs> I was pretty impressed by the show they put on. And, um, well, first of all, the, the, the interview we we had with the, the drummer again, uh, Matthijs, that was a lot of fun. Yes, um, it really was. <laughs> it's, only, it's only an audio interview, uh, sadly. It would have been really cool to to be able to show you the faces Matthijs was making. But um, it was super fun to get to talk to him. Um, also, me and, and, and to talk to him about different aspects of uh, their... Um, their band life. And after that, we went into one of the indoor stages of Tuska and saw them play. And it was amazing. I was myself impressed this time by the energy that they had. And Carolina's voice was just so, so impressive, so skilled, so very, very nice. And it's pumped me up it hyped me up their music their um their performance um and i think they ended with echoes because i was singing that song for the rest of the day in my head i think they always end with carte blanche but maybe that was the song before carte blanche yeah that was for sure the more uh the catchier one yeah and it is my favorite from the sick dumb and happy from this album for me it's again difficult because as i said all the songs are very strong but songs of obscenity is would be my party song and um if i just want to put on a good song i think i would take the future needs us not damn yeah yes many favorites yep and um now that you mentioned tuska Tuska was in July 2018 and I already said we talked about Matthijs about how the new album might sound like and everything mm -hmm. and yeah so for me it was really surprising that by the end of November 2018 they announced their breakup that yeah. was really sad heartbreaking for sure mm-hmm what was the, the background? What were the the mm. reasons for them to break up so suddenly? Yeah, the the official reason is that, or they say that with the departure of their old guitarists, Matthijs Parent and Rolf Perdok, many things changed for the band. And 
some of them also got into financial trouble. So oh. as I already said, I'm pretty sure they wanted to make this band a really big thing. They wanted to become professional musicians and earn their everyday money. <laughs> so make the make living. being a mm -hmm. musician a day job. And especially for the Sick, Dumb and Happy, they toured a lot. They played a lot of concerts. They toured the US and everything. And maybe they just found out that it wouldn't work, that they would have to be around there for many years more to be able to make a living out of this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a day job or if you don't have time for a day job that you might have, then mm -hmm. you don't earn any money that you just need to survive. So yeah. you can live a very, very um, basic life, a very simple life. Or you can't be a professional musician anymore on that level that the Sham the Fury have been on. So I think they just found out it doesn't work the way they wanted it to work. Mm -hmm. They can't make a living out of it and that's why they broke up. That is so sad. Yes. Because I think they could have become the next big thing in especially in death metal um, because they had the strong fan base also from the metalcore scene already. Mm -hmm. um, Carolina has a really outstanding voice. I would name her as one of the completest vocalists that I know because she can do everything and she can do everything in a really, really good way. The band has such a great energy on stage and the band has so many really good songs. So if they would have continued, they might have become the next in flames. Wow. Yes, that's what I think about the band. Yeah. Well, those are pretty high expectations, but they were definitely, there was definitely a lot of potential and mm -hmm. the Charm and the Fury. And I, that's why I really do hope to hear from them again, or at least from Caroline. Um, As you said, she's a very skilled and talented vocalist um, with a very uh, strong style and uh, varied. Yeah, she can do many, many things with her voice. And so um, you mentioned her in the Irene episode last week. Mm -hmm. So obviously she is still making music. But it would be great to see her in her own band again, in the yes. in the lead vocals position. Mm. She did a lot of guest appearances with other bands too, or with some very famous bands from the Netherlands. She had one guest appearance at a Within Temptation concert, for example. And as we oh, can wow. see, she still is around in this circle of famous metal musicians. So in Irene, for those who didn't listen to this episode, um, also Marcella Bovio is part of this Irene project this time and Simone Simons, just mm -hmm. to name two. And so big names and maybe she can get a connection there to another band that she could sing in. Yes. Yeah, Marcella and, and Caroline had had... These furies 
which fits a lot with the Charm and the Fury. I think they, they named them this way because of the Charm and the Fury. <laughs> really? They played yeah. the Furies in, in Arian's latest metal opera. Um, that was so cool. Uh, the one video where they both dance is so amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And that uh, we will, as I said, again, link on the on our website um yeah on this on the show notes for this episode that's what they're called show notes yes mm -hmm. i have to correct myself the sub label from nuclear blast is called arising empire not arise records all right it's an episode about mistakes <laughs> that yeah, we it's fun to edit this one <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah That's it so far, I think. So I'm really sad they don't exist anymore because they became one of my favorite bands very quickly, already mm -hmm. after um, A Shade of My Former Self. And then in 2017, I still listened to, or I already listened to Metalcore, but I listened to death metal even more than I do nowadays. Mm -hmm. So the album for me came at the perfect time mm. in, in the way it was <laughs> in the yeah. way it was released and i'm really happy that i was able to see them live so many times nice yes at least three times as we have recounted now <laughs> at least yes perfect yeah um well that was already <laughs> we have slowly reached the end of our band special for the charm of the fury will we have a, a spotify playlist for this episode pia yeah i think so we can also do a bonus episode with the two interviews we did so that we release them as a bonus podcast for this one a bonus episode for this episode with the interviews we did with the charm of the fury so that's it <laughs> oh, that's an idea <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and talking about band specials, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, if you are new to our podcast, well, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and if you are curious about other band specials that we have done, we have done several. The latest being before that, before this one, we did Xandria. But we also have talked about Epica, about Stream of Passion, which was a band that broke my heart when they disbanded also mm -hmm. not too long ago. We also have talked about Leaves Eyes and the episode that started all of the all of the band specials, of course, Nightwish. That was a that was a very long one. Yes. That's and, true. Um yeah. So you can go back and listen to all of those. Um, I was thinking, we haven't done Lacuna Coil, how dare we? I didn't really listen to them, or I don't really listen to them, so I don't know if Steffi does, maybe you should do them together. Do that And together. if I have to talk all, all by, myself, by myself about Lacuna Coil, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could interview you about Lacuna Coil. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we, we have had, luckily, at least one interview with Lacuna Coil as well. All of that you can find on our YouTube channel as well, um, both the audio interviews and uh, very cool video interviews for our, from our complete uh, 
magazine history, which is now seven years old. Pia, this is our seventh anniversary. Happy Whoa! anniversary! <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> We've been doing this for seven years together. And uh, it's been so nice. Thank you for doing this with me for seven years. <laughs> yeah, thank you too. <laughs> and we've been doing stuff together um, before that before too. That. So, yeah. Yes. Wow. It, yeah, uh, time has gone by pretty quickly. Mm. And so without further ado, now is the time where I thank you again for, um, thanks everybody for listening to us and subscribing uh, to our podcast on iTunes or uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to, to our, to us talk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, show notes you can always find in the uh, app, in the podcast app of your choice as well as on our website, as I said, metal-and-highheels.com slash podcast 77 to go to the show notes for this episode directly. And otherwise, uh, you can follow us on social media as well. Uh, all of the links are on our website. Yes. And big thanks to Cassandra Novell for our awesome jingle that's based on the song Storm from Undying Fire by her band Mercy Isle. Yes, that's been our jingle for three years almost. Three years? Yeah. No, over three years. Three and a half years. Wow. Damn, we've done this for a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if and you are out there so and you have a band and you want to um, you want to do a jingle for us, feel free. <laughs> we might change our jingle then. Hell yeah, that would be lovely. Mm -hmm. And then we can we can uh, thank you at the end of every of every episode. Yes. That would be so lovely. Yes, you can reach to us on our social media or also via email or on our website through our website. Um, and that's it for today. We will, uh, or we will hear each other again in around two weeks. Yep. See you, hear you then. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. bye.